Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes, I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Are your numbers up, sugar and silver? Uh-huh. Oh my god! Okay, so that means that we're live in the Clutch City. Take it away, Kitty Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Are the ones where our male counterparts join us in the studio, so we let the cocks take over again. <laughs> And us three clits are in the hot seat. So we've decided that since we've stepped into this role of sex and empowerment communication coaches, we're putting our money where our mouth is and giving our guys the floor for a communication exercise we call State of the Household. Our guys will each get the floor to give each of us feedback on three questions. What's working? What's not working? And what's missing? This is what we usually do in the privacy of our own homes. And today we're live on air. You're welcome. Yes. Yes. So we're the hot seats. And I just want to put in like, we really want this to, we really want to gather as much information about how men communicate from you guys as possible tonight. So it can be about this current relationship you're in, any poly relationship, silver, fox, and sugar, you, any situation you guys might be in, any past situation. We really want deep insight into how, what really makes men tick in, in the world of communication. So be honest. There's no wrong answers here. Just don't make us look bad. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You won't get canceled. Don't worry. We love you. No one's getting canceled. (laughs) Um, Okay. Are you guys ready? Do you have any questions? Are the cocks ready to rumble? Cock it out. (laughs) Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. So guys, first we want to ask you, What's working in your current relationship or any past relationships or situation? Like what really works for you inside of communication? Well, and in, yeah, in the bedroom and, and, in, and in life. <laughs> uh, this is Ethan. Um, we just had a two week vacation and um, we had sex a lot, which was great. And I think that was just because we had the space to do it. And that really worked really nicely. Define a lot. Because it wasn't like every day. It was like twice a week. It's a lot when you have a two-year-old. It is. Um, It's not just Sunday. It's a lot when you have a two-year-old and very limited childcare and two full-time jobs. Uh, So, yeah, we had sex a lot. I I think the thing that worked about that that was really nice was that we had the space to um, let the moments that present themselves turn into uh, sexual moments instead of just sleeping moments or something else that they would be otherwise. <laughs> yeah, totally. Vacation um, will do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm trying to see how we can create that now that we're back. Uh allow ourselves to break from whatever we're doing because there's actually never a time when we don't have something we could be doing. Um, mm. So we have to choose to uh, prioritize each other. And it wasn't always sex on, on vacation. Like sometimes <sighs> we just 
This is quality got, time. Got away. Like we just hopped in the car. Like I went with him to go pick stuff up, you know? Mm. We just got that time to just talk. Yeah. Riding nice. a boat around the lake, just like chilling, just literally just sitting there in the middle of the lake talking for a minute because that's where we got privacy. Because someone was watching the baby for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so Silver Fox, you're, what's what's currently working in the realm of communication and in your relationship right now? So what's been working is when she um, takes responsibility for the environment. So maybe setting some music up or candles or um, um, I don't know, it could be, could be the certain color and pillows, just setting the environment because that's not a priority to me. To me, it's more about being efficient and effective and um, disconnecting. Um, mm. And that's not a priority to me. So it'll never happen. I, I'll, I'm more than willing to help, you know, if there's specific requests. So I think we've found that, okay, it works a lot better when, when she's creating that space because it's, it's more important to her than it is for me. And when that's mm. set, it just it makes it <clears throat> easier to, to create the sensuality that's needed. Yeah. Mm. So, Austin, just just to clarify, are you saying like you like having those things? You're just it's not your priority. You need someone else to do it for you. Yes, it, um, it's yeah, it's nice, but it's not it's not really important. It's more important for her to get her in the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't do that, she gets a little frustrated. But it's I, I was telling her recently that it's you know it, it is important to her, and I'll help in it. But I, it's not at the top of my mind. So yeah. it's not going to happen probably if you let it be my responsibility. So what works for me is direct uh, like requests, complaining and talking about something doesn't work. Uh, it's specific. If you, if you want something, just make a specific request. Um, to make something simple, it would be like, uh, if the room is too cold, she might be like, it's, it's cold in here. As opposed to saying, can you change the temperature? Um, so that relates to just normal things or in the bedroom. So um, specific requests is so much easier. So what's working is that I'm making is specific requests? When Yes, when you're making, you are making specific requests um, and it, it does work and it doesn't work when there's no specific requests, when it's just, mm. when it's talking about something rather than asking for something. So it's asking mm. for something. And and you guys have such a fascinating marriage and you you navigate, you know, the whole poly world. Like, what has like what's working about that in your marriage right now? Being poly and and you know communicating around that and, and just in general, like what is that bringing to your marriage? Like what's really working about that for you guys? Um, so for me, what's working is the the sense of freedom. So what's important to me is the ability to love freely. I get frustrated when I can't acknowledge people the way I feel I want to. Um, for me, it looks like a certain way of communicating. It could be open texting. Um, um, and so things come up. So there's, you know, especially when you meet new people, um, there's boundaries that are crossed if they're not discussed. But I think what works is the ability to allow something and then look at what works and what doesn't and then address the things that don't work. So it could be somebody texts me early in the morning and it, tr- it triggers her and she's saying, you know, she comes to me and says, "Hey, this isn't working." It doesn't work when when there's a lot of frustration and anger. What does work is when there's calm communication. Hey, this doesn't work. We need to have a conversation. I need to have a conversation with her to create a sisterhood, a bond. 
it's really important for her to have a connection with the woman. It's really important for women in the community. Sisterhood is a foundation. Yeah, it's very important. So it establishes trust so that that person has your relationship uh, and they're in support of the relationship. So we look at everything that enhances the relationship. If something is not enhancing the relationship, it's a conversation. And we say, okay, what's, what is not having this enhance our relationship? Well, it might be that this person's unaware and they just need to have, we need to have a conversation with them. So, awesome. um, yeah. All right, Ryan, what's, what's working? What's the working? visit to you. What's working uh, with the us? The wizard here. Um, uh, we actually had a recent breakthrough that was rather delightful. Uh, I made a specific request prior to our, our recent trip that, um, that when, because when I'm in work mode and I'm focused on a bunch of tasks, I'm constantly uh, running to-do lists and like visualizing my space and I'm, I work in the physical world with my hands. And so I'm just kind of operating in that realm. And uh, in, in the past, um, you know, there might be, I might hear this, this yell from across the space, Ryan, come help me with this. Ryan, come here. And so I made a request this time that instead of that, um, please come come over and, and talk to me and articulate the request rather than that. And what that allows me to do, instead of feeling like whatever step I'm in is interrupted and I'm just feeling a little frazzled as I have to just drop it and go fulfill the, uh, the, the you know, request from afar, by coming and speaking with me, it gives me time to like mentally put it down. And so, and also she's articulating herself on what she needs and sometimes they solve themselves in the course of time for walking over to me, um, but sometimes they don't. But it gives me the space to to actually uh, to actually like process through. And so it's been a it worked really well. Um, I have to say, like compliments to to my beautiful partner. Like this 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 the way that that worked, and then and and for my workflow, and also being able to address what she really needed, it was really nice. Awesome. So, so those are some specific things. I know Austin, you kind of went into more general, but for Ethan and Ryan, in general, in terms of like communication with a partner, what are some things that really work for you that are like you have found like effective ways of communicating with your partner? Uh, I think it's really important to be to know well to speak to somebody when you have their attention. And when you know you have their attention and uh, they're listening to you, um, not as an annoyance, but as somebody who is your partner. And I think it's really hard to do that. I mean, I, I know for me, when I get into work mode, like Ryan was just saying, um, any... Um, any interruption is greeted as a heckler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, whether they're, whether it's Katie or Cooper or whatever, anybody who comes into my work while I'm in the middle of something is probably costing me 20 minutes of trying to get back to where I was at. And I treat it as that type of interruption. I don't like how I react to that interruption. Um, but I also recognize that I do the same thing when I come into Katie's work. And I think it's really important to recognize when you're talking to your partner who wants to hear you talking and your partner who really doesn't. And there's times when you have to get their attention or whatever. Um, but uh, 
I don't know. I haven't really totally figured out how to uh, break the uh, break that uh, attention without causing too much interference and and really like um, having a, six, a successful conversation. Um, yeah, like busy. like the time, like the timing of it. Like sometimes there's emergencies, but like I totally get that, and that's that. What you want to say something? Yeah, um, actually, what I'm hearing from you is actually something similar. Um, what you're actually uh, kind of uh, getting towards is that there can exist a conversation about how you talk together, how you have a conversation, and setting up like, uh, sorry, setting up specific workable boundaries so that you know how to operate with each other in just simply the act of requesting communication and by setting up those ground rules so that you both know exactly how the other person needs the communication then each person is set up powerfully to even start whatever communication it is without doing that you know 20 minute interruption that's just like a hard disturb or whatever it is or minimizing at the very least hmm so what you're saying is basically have rules ahead of time. Boundaries, yeah. Boundaries, yeah. Yeah, yeah like a groundwork. Well, idea. and one one of the structures that is loose, this episode, we're kind of loosely doing this structure is a state of the household meeting. And that's something that Ryan and I do once a week. So if there's, you know, we do go through our calendar and our logistics and all those things, because otherwise I'm calling him like 20 times a day. I just keep, I just like have a little notepad and I document all the things that I need because I know I'm going to have that undivided attention time with him every week where we can talk about it all and it's not scattered around. And then we can, we, we literally go through these questions that we're doing today, like what's working, what's not working, what's missing and logistics. And that has made like a huge difference for us because he gets very irritated when I'm like calling him 20 times a day. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh God, that's he so doesn't funny. Like it. <laughs> I like never text Austin. It's kind of the office. <laughs> Unless I unless I need something and I'm like, hey, this or hey, what are your what jeans are getting dried or hung? Or I'm like, oh, uh, did you get this? Did you do that thing we talked about the other day? But and I think that's partially why like Austin gets so much joy out of um, open communication with women he's connected to. It's like I don't really communicate that way, you know. Well, not, is like, that true? Is that true him. for you, Austin? Let's hear from Silver Fox. Well, yeah, yeah. She when she starts working, she's just kind of in her world. So it's important for me. Like I like acknowledging, and I like uh, I just I prefer a certain style of texting. And it it it's not like it doesn't exist, but it's just something I prefer. So it does, um, just not maybe not during the work week. Yeah, and that's just me. Like I don't I don't like text anybody. Like you know what I mean? Like that. Like if we're in a conversation, great. But I don't spend time flirting over text message. Ain't nobody got time for that in my world. Like I get people love that and need that and want that part of their day. For me, it's just a distraction. Like I'm in work mode. I'll get back to you within like 24 hours if it's like a flirtatious thing and not really yeah. talking about anything. But that's where I'm like, I want to get shit done. My love language is more acknowledge me in the presence of me <laughs> when we're in each other's presence. I don't necessarily need that. When we first met and I was flying as a pilot, she wouldn't call me for like 
two or three days. Out of sight, out of like, mind. I was confused. <laughs> you left. I forgot. I had class. I did the same thing when we first started dating. I let him set the pace of communication. I wouldn't, I would respond back, but I'd never reached out first. It's effective. It was nice. Um, okay. Yeah, so yeah. now we're, now, now we're moving on to the fun part. Um, and so when we do this exercise together, this is not, so when you're doing the like what's not working, it's not about making blaming or accusing. It's really just about, looking from a place of something that we... A word that we use a lot in our coaching is like responsibility. Like just looking at what's not working with the commitment being that we obviously want it to work. So we, that's like sort of the parameter for this section. It's like what's not working. And you always... You have to decide as a couple, like what is your commitment? Like for for Ryan and I, it's like our commitment is to be loving and to have the most like symbiotic, like authentic, loving relationship we can. So when we're looking for, you know, what's missing or or what's wrong or what's what's not working, it's to level up or to improve our relationship. Um so we're so we're going to go around we're going to go into this now um with that sort of context <laughs> and and let the men share um what's not working currently in your relationship and or you know in situations and what type of communication really doesn't work for you I can start <clears throat> silver fox um what doesn't work for me is being told what to do I really don't like it um that's I, I know it's specific to me um and then also doubting what I say so she'll ask me a question and what doesn't work is when I give her an answer and she questions my answer because I'm usually very decisive and it just, it drives me nuts when I'm asked several times and I've already given the answer. I got to say, Austin, first of all, totally recreated by what you just said. Um, I, um, the, what, what you just described is something I struggle with, not just in our relationship, but in business relationships with people. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that I do in our relationship that um, I'm not communicating everything that's there or everything I'm doing in regards to that. For instance, right now we're refinancing a rental property that we own. I haven't told Katie much about it. She knows that we're refinancing it, but it's a lot of work. There's a million things that we have to that I have to get together for that and it's a lot of work um, and it's stressful to be honest because the people who are asking for these things are they always ask for them the next day or within 24 hours that everything needs to be right snap 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 and then they won't talk to you for a couple of weeks and then, and then it's a we need these things in a day blah 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 um, and that kind of communication is really hard to deal with I think Generally, um, when people just ask things of you in a very short time frame uh, from a partner, from anybody. Um, but I also think that when you're communicating with your partner, it's you have lots of reasons why you've come to a decision. And if you haven't communicated all of those reasons to them, you can just expect them to trust you or whatever. This is why you know I, I made the decision... It's the best decision. I know that. 
but my partner doesn't know all his reasons and you don't want to have to explain them, but um, they're your partner. They need to know them sometimes to, to fully understand what you're going through. And I think, you know, like I said, it's a problem I have in business as well. I don't want to explain myself to people why I'm making certain decisions, but without the context, they don't know why you've made that decision and it seems crazy to them. <laughs> or so, so you're, yeah. so I, I'm just trying to understand what you're saying. Are you saying like you, what's not working is that you don't provide Katie with all the information? I definitely, I mean, I think personally what's not working is that I have I have a lot of things going on that I don't share with her. Like you're saying, mm. yeah, I'm not giving her all that information. Got it. And honestly, I don't know that at the moment I have bandwidth to even share the depth of how many things I'm dealing with and do them and do the other responsibilities I have in our life yeah. without just, you know what I mean? Just giving the this is what we've come to, you know. After. And I and I think I think a lot of men can relate to that, right? Like a lot of like men can they they juggle all these things, and then there's like like there's this gap, right? Like because their partner doesn't know their whole world of what's going on, right? Sure. And so, like, what is? I'll just ask you, like, what do you what do you feel like that creates? It like what kind of dynamic do you think that creates in the relationship? Like, what's missing? Well, I think that it's totally reasonable for for Katie not to um, understand where I'm coming from and have questions about where I'm coming from and not just mm-hmm. accept my conclusions as being the right ones. Um, and also, it feels overwhelming to have to explain them again after having come to the conclusion and dealing with all the things that are going on simultaneously. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I what, think what ends up happening, I mean, we're so we're in the middle of like designing a remodel and Ethan has a lot of background in this. So he's really been taking the lead right on the projects. And I think what we ended up having a breakdown in communication when we didn't end up, we, we were avoiding having a conversation like revisiting this because we knew we had to get it done. And um, it was something that we just didn't, we were avoiding. So I think avoiding in communication is something that doesn't work um, of actually sitting down and taking care of things. Because when we sit down, we just want to like relax finally, you Mm -hmm. know, we don't want to take care of, it's the state of the household, like what you're talking about, Lindsay and Ryan, about how you come together every week. Like we don't do that. That could be something that's missing, I guess. But I think that we've set out to do stuff like that before, but it just like, when it comes down to it, like it's the, we sit down and talk about, talk for an hour about all the things instead of managing them individually, or we get to nap (laughs) or do something like (laughs) pleasurable together, you know, or relax. So I think that's what we run into a lot. And then just because this is clit talk, let's let's talk in the the bedroom, right? Let's talk about the sex life. Well, no, I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but these things are completely interrelated. If you're not communicating or if there's something unsaid or if you're unhappy any other way, sex is not happening. And, mm. you know, I think, uh, you know, ironically, sometimes sex is the thing that needs to happen to 
get the breakthrough to the other side of an argument. Yeah, concur. Totally. Mm-hmm. A lot of and times. You ever, you ever take a pause in your fight? You're like, let's pause for sex and get back to this. <laughs> yeah, and no, not even in an argument, just like a life. stressful situation, like with work, like kind of what we were just breaking down. Like if you just go, if we just stop or and even just hug each other, like sometimes you just want a hug. I literally have this theory. Well, it's not a theory. It's something I do. Like sometimes when we're really fighting, I'll like walk out of the room and then I'll come back butt naked. It's really hard to be mad at someone who's fucking stark naked in front of you. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's just your partner, babe. <laughs> Honestly. It's worked, yeah, with, multiple speak to something. It's worked um, with multiple partners. Hold on. I want to I want to give Ryan a chance to go to before. Um, and then so Madison, you hmm? want to say something and then Ryan? No, Ryan, you go first. Okay. I'll wait. Okay. Um, so uh, in terms of recreated, uh, uh, I totally understand and and, and f- uh, fully feel, I guess I should say, uh, the experience that you guys have around the draw of your partner to like be forced to explain something. And then there's the energetic pull. And uh, I work in an industry, and that's film and television, where I'm very present to the cost of everything. Man hours, energy, lack of sleep, money, like everything you choose has a price tag. And it, the, the, the payment for it comes in a variety of, of forms. So, uh, and I'm also working in a, it's a very hierarchical business structure where I'm getting told what to do all day long. Ryan, do this. Ryan, do that. So I come home after a 15 hour day and I don't have the capacity to just, I just don't energetically have the mental capacity to manage being told what to do and also get to the point where I'm like articulating in the request to articulate what's going on in my headspace. I just can't do it. It's just not there. So hence the like weekly visit that like that sort of dialogue just simply doesn't work. And it still shows up at times, you know, she's, yeah, I'm living with this beautiful, passionate woman and she wants to know something right now. And I'm really stumble over myself trying to, trying to just get words out of my mouth to satisfy what her request is. And sometimes I just can't, and I just end up frustrated. So that's a, that's a huge component to, um, you know, to our communication. And part of the reason why we started uh, building this weekly review in. Yeah. Mm. And, and Ethan's so right. Like the, the communication has a direct impact on your, your sex and your intimacy for sure. Like how you're communicating is how you're being intimate and sexual with your partner. So when we're in conflict around this stuff, we're not having sex, (laughs) you know, but when we're flowing, it's like, Hey, this was a this was a five day sex week, you know. Like this is good, like or maybe three. Let's be honest. <laughs> so then, the last kind of um, question in this exercise that we're doing, and we sort of got into a little bit, is what's missing, or and really that is like how can you create more intimacy, right? That's what we're talking about. So like, what's what's missing? What could be what could be added or put in place to help, you know you be in flow as a couple. What do you, what do you gentlemen see like in general and specifically for our relationships? I think uh, on a general sort of way, uh, I, I typically, I think I'm a little bit more closed off than Katie is. um, Especially since she started the podcast and started really exploring the things she didn't know. Um, 
I think there's there's some room for me to like explore and be more open about uh I don't know my own interests and in, uh in sexuality and um yeah when we were on vacation we were at this bar and uh and Katie saw this well we had this this bartender who was like uh I would say uh androgynous bartender um female and she Katie was kind of attracted to her and that what? fantasy was pretty well it was <laughs> like a fantasy. fantasy it was a fantasy I thing I knew this day was going to come <laughs> No but I don't like I don't think it was a real thing but like the fantasy was there and uh well that was the conversation that was the conversation that we had of like fantasy versus desire and I was like this is something that has come up for me before Okay well that's not really that's not that's neither here nor there to the discussion but for me like her being open about that was actually really like hot to me and yeah. I should have shared that more I think <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh like really been more vocal about how that made me feel I think sexually and and just being more real um and then on a personal level I think prioritizing um each other over our uh, the rest of our lives uh, at times. Not all the time, but sometimes. And we're not very good at that. We've been bad at that. I really want to acknowledge the responsibility in your communication right now. Because the question was, what's missing? And I think nine out of 10 guys would have been like, well, she's not doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. Right. And your response is, well, I could be more curious. What's missing <laughs> is my own curiosity. I just want to acknowledge that, not step over. That's a huge fucking deal in communication. Well, you asked me a question. So that's my <laughs> answer. Well, and you're really demonstrating like the like responsibility. But what she's pointing to is like that took something for you to have that skill set of personal responsibility, being personally responsible for your your sex and your empowerment and your intimacy, right? And that's sure. not an entry-level way of communicating. <laughs> you. you know, most yeah. people would be like, she's not fucking enough androgynous people for me or what you know what I mean? Right. She needs to... Well, and also too, I just like Lona echo something that you said of like vocalizing when you like what she's expressing and just being like, that was so hot the other night in the bar when you like shared your fantasy about like being into that so-and-so. It's so hot when you express your desires. I love when you fucking tell me your fantasies, right? Like just that reinforcement of I like this thing you're doing keep doing it. <laughs> That's perfect, Sugar, because then it'll encourage me to keep doing it because it was something that was a little out of my comfort zone, you know, but it was there and I was like, oh, like, I'm going to share this with you, you know, because yeah. this is different for me right now. And totally. I can't tell anyone else but you, you know. So you adorable. Yeah. You awesome. Know, erotic innocence. Yes. You guys are adorable. I want to, I want to taint you so much, but well, maybe in a couple more years. Plant that, plant that seed. Maybe like, <laughs> all right. So what's missing, Silver Fox? <laughs> so what I first thought of was being um, direct because I, we've lately had the experience of um, wanting connection, but talking around it. So rather than saying what actually matters, uh, 
we we are talking around it. We're not we're not specifically addressing what's really there for us. What feelings are really there for us? And I think um, what's missing is in those moments is responsibility for the context <clears throat> because we're not able to hear each other because of of almost like the attitude we're speaking in, um, which is a, a lack of responsibility for our internal conversation. Um, and maybe I think it's it, when we're, when we start to blame each other, it's an indication of it's, it's an indication of not being responsible for that. So the context is not there. that would have us be connected. Um, so we talk around things. We're not actually saying what's really there for us, which is really, I love you. And there's anger or sadness is coming out rather than what's really behind it. If that makes sense. Well, so what's missing? Responsibility in the, um, being responsible for my, I'm trying that it's, um, responsibility for a, uh, viewpoint I have about myself when I'm getting frustrated or when I'm triggered. So when I'm triggered, I have a viewpoint of myself um, and I start to get frustrated and I, and it, and it turns into blaming rather than being responsible for that conversation. And that doesn't have me have a context that can allow connection. So no, no matter what I say from that perspective, it doesn't land or is not heard. So we don't hear each other and we start arguing. Um, so is it's that... Can I summarize mm-hmm. that, Austin, to say yeah. like, if, if for some reason you're not getting the love and affection that you want from Madison, you get frustrated and you start to start to blame her for that and an argument ensues. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if we start to argue and I notice that I'm blaming, then there's a lack of responsibility. What? No, I was just laughing at our life because our arguments, like as poly people are... Honestly, hilarious. Thank you. I was just giggling because I was like, oh my God, the fights that we get to have as poly people are just, most people don't like aren't in that conversation. <laughs> so I was just giggling at my own reality. <laughs> have to be humorous about it because it gets intense, you know? Like when he's talking about us arguing, um, you know, just most recently, it's like arguing about like freedom, right? Like feeling like I, you know, you're, I, I don't feel free. I don't feel like you're giving me what you want. Let's go back to that nine out of 10 men and, you know, like nine out of 10 couple, they're not in this conversation. So I try to keep it light and humorous because, I mean, you already are going to argue in a relationship. So put the poly lens on it and it's like fucking magnifying it to the fucking core of the earth. Fast track to transformation and just like, you know, I have a saying called polydrama and it sucks when it's in the space. Great when it's not, but it takes a, it, it's like a whole other level of argument. You know, it's like the basic stuff plus all the complicated layers of our humanity inside of being open, right? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> when we sort argue, awesome. <laughs> I think when we argue, no matter what our frame, it, it leans towards the absurd. Um, I know that Lindsay and I had an argument. Uh, a little while ago where we were basically just arguing how much we loved each other in the yes. most absurd way possible. <laughs> yeah. I was right. literally, like, literally in the car and I stopped and I'm like, are we arguing about which one of us loves the other one more? And he's like, yeah, I think so. I'm like, this is absolutely <laughs> stupid. Like, what are we doing? We were both so angry too. <laughs> yeah, our awesome. arguments do lend to the absurd. And so... um 
in terms of, are we on what's missing? Yeah. So what's missing and what like it's, you know, and the attention behind this really is like, what do you see that we could create that would create more intimacy? So um, actually leaning towards what I uh, said before from what's not working, uh, a lot of a lot of what comes up that ends up being missing is the and my responsibility and of not not taking things personally. Not I mean we're all meaning making machines, but not putting pumping meaning into things when I'm frazzled or fried or whatever it is. When it doesn't mean a thing except what I'm making it mean, and all of a sudden there ends up being like emotional conflict when instead there could be really empowered dialogue and that leads towards intimacy that then with that dialogue intimacy automatically unfolds because talking to each other and loving each other like responsible adults so i mean for me what ends up being missing is a lot of a lot of that i put, pump too much meaning into stuff to be honest mm. like i'm i haven't quite figured out how to how to work out my own angst completely. I think that, uh, unfortunately, uh, recognizing that you're in a behavior like that, which is, you know, these type of conversations that we're having right now lead to you recognizing that you're, oh, we love each other. That's that's why we're having this fight right now. We love each other. We want to spend more time together. And we're annoyed that we're not spending time together, that there's something taking us away from each other. And recognizing that that's the reason that you're fighting and disrupting the argument as and when you recognize that, it's a hard thing to do. It is really a hard thing to do. And you have to continually do it. It's not something that gets easier with time. You just have to keep recognizing it, keep disrupting it. Mm-hmm. And that's it, you know, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> Anytime, anytime you can disrupt a fight with laughter, it's always like a good thing. <laughs> but I like to be mad. He does. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. Everybody does. That's the secret, yeah. bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just take, taking. So, yeah, I think it really like makes to be a mad, difference. You like to be right. Yeah. I, I, wanna, I just don't want to be incorrect. <laughs> yeah. I actually enjoy being mad. It's a personal problem. So. <laughs> it's a personal problem. Which is problem. funny because he doesn't get mad very often. But when this he does, this is the smiliest guy on this podcast. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so this is great. And so, just for our listeners listening, so we kind of went through a, a, an exercise today, but this was a cock talk episode. So we mainly focused on the men because we really wanted to get into into your heads. Because everyone always is hearing me, Katie, and Sugar talk. They're in our heads all the time. We really wanted to get into your minds a little bit. Um, but for anyone who's interested in this exercise, um, obviously both people would go on each question. It's not a one-sided yeah. conversation the way that we did it today. But we we purposely did it this way so we could... Because there was so much valuable insight that we got from the Cox. <laughs> and... Um, and then a way that we really love to end it is with another exercise that we've been um, doing with the people that we're coaching in our sex and empowerment, which is acknowledgement. Um, and I don't know, does anybody want to demonstrate what acknowledgement is or kind of create it? I can demonstrate acknowledgement. Okay. So, um, uh, Sugar, I acknowledge you for being such a profound space for me to discover myself in. And it really, it really takes a high level of responsibility and communication to be 
exploring the polyamorous space. And um, I could not have a better partner for navigating this space. And you really are someone that is just... You're just willing. You're willing to be responsible. You're willing to discover. You're willing to be afraid. And it's not easy. And I know it's not easy. And I just acknowledge you for the love that you are and the the desire you have for me to be not just successful, but have the desires that I want so I can be happy. And it, you know, it's it takes something because it, my desires are not always in alignment with where you're at. And that can be very confronting. <laughs> And so I just, uh, I acknowledge you for um, the loyal friend you are, the, the space you are for creating community. And it's just, it's just incredible. And I just, I feel like a better person every day for being with you. Mm. Thank you. That was beautiful. That was really beautiful. All right. Does anybody else want to say anything? I'll acknowledge Katie for doing this. Oh, I love this episode. Katie, I want to acknowledge you for taking on something that was super uncomfortable for you when you started it. This podcast means so much to us, to our family, to our life, to our friends, to our extended family, to all the people you've touched from doing the show to the women who listen to the podcast, to the other women on the podcast with you, to all the people that you've touched from doing this show. I want to acknowledge you for just being the greatest partner, greatest mom, greatest daughter, who you are for everyone. You're the rock for everybody who knows you. Thank you so much. Love you. Oh. <laughs> I love the acknowledgement exercise. <laughs> well, the next episode we're doing. <laughs> I think it's I think it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, I'm not going to not do it. <laughs> well, I mean, challenge accepted. I guess. Challenge. <laughs> Lindsay, I want to acknowledge you for, I mean, we went through the most incredibly challenging beginning of a relationship I've ever even heard of. Mm-hmm. And not just that in our personal lives and everything that happened with pandemic and our moms and all of it, I want to acknowledge you for continually staying committed to your commitments and with whatever showed up, with any of the the breakdowns and, and rebuilds and the whole thing, you just held true to who you were committed to being over and over and over and over again. And it's still true. And you're still absolutely growing and becoming this, the woman that I saw, that I saw that immediately you're becoming this incredible human being 
and you are this incredible being, human being already, but man, you are just in the most profound growth mindset of anyone I've ever known. You've challenged me to do better. You've, you've, you're an inspiration to me and everyone around you. I have called you the icon of self-expression and that is not, not said lightly. You inspire me. And thank you for being who you are. And I am so excited for everything that we have unfolding before us. I love you. Thank you. Aww. Aww. The Ushi. The <laughs> Well, Clitorati, <laughs> for any of you who are still there, um, <laughs> um, obviously these kinds of conversations don't just fall from the sky. <laughs> We've all had some training um, and this was more of an experiential episode where you kind of got to experience what these what this level of communication is like. Um, and if this interested you or it made a difference for you, um, we do have our sex and empowerment digital course where we are going to dive deep into a lot of these distinctions and coach you so that you can either create this in your current relationship or create a foundation for your future relationship to be able to have this level of intimacy and sex and empowerment because that is really what we are committed to. Um, And we hope that this episode made a difference for you. Um, Thank you, you incredible men in our life for just being who you are and giving your time to be in this conversation and always being there for better or worse, really and truly. And for just being the foundation for clit talk to sit on, because without you guys, there's no us. You know, we are you and you are us, and we just really appreciate you. You're just as much of this podcast as as we are, and because uh, you're living through it with us, <laughs> and we really, really appreciate you and thank you. Um. Mm, well, you. with that clitorati, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at clittalkshow for your clit fix in between episodes.